Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. You may come expecting to hear the word of the Lord today. I I pray that you did. I pray that you came ready to receive something um, this morning. Uh, I believe that the Lord has given me a word for our church family, a prophetic word. I'm going to go ahead and let you know off the top right now that this is not going to be your typical three-point message where I'm going to break out a scripture. I'm going to go and I'm going to break down each word and all this stuff. This is more of a prophetic message this morning. And, And whenever we come into a new year, I begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying for our church family? What are you saying for our church community? What is the prophetic word that is coming forth that's going to bring life, edification, comfort, and exhortation to our church family? And I'm going to share this with you this morning. I'm going to share it with you in just a minute. But before I even do that, can I just honor each and every single one of you that are here today that decided in the first Sunday of this year, you're going to put your priorities in order and I'm going to get me and I'm going to get my family into church. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe part of serving the Lord faithfully is being faithful to to church. Amen. I believe that is part of serving the Lord faithfully. I'm not saying if you miss a service, you're backslidden and you, you're, you're messed up and you are missing God. That's not what I'm saying. If you hear that, then you're hearing incorrectly this morning. What I am saying is you should be faithful whenever you can be faithful to church, you should be in church. Amen. I believe that's a part of growing in our relationship with the Lord. Part of growing in our relationship with the Lord is growing in our relationship with the community that the Lord has put us in. You look like Jesus whenever you get closer to the people of Jesus. You begin to look more like Jesus whenever you serve, you faithfully serve people around you. Whenever you can love people through unlovable situations, guess what? You begin to look more like Jesus. And you know what? You can't ever love people through unlovable circumstances and situations if you become a hermit crab and you never show up. Now, I said all this in first service too, so don't don't think I'm just getting on to you this morning because I'm not. I'm encouraging you, I'm admonishing you that what you've started in the first Sunday of 2024, don't let it be a flash in the pan, but let it be a consistent thing that you ring out in this new year. I'm not saying it has to be high praise. It may be a different local church body, but what I am saying is get in church, be in church, grow in community, grow in the things of the Lord and become more like Jesus this year. Amen. Now that's not my word for this year, but that's good. What I want to talk about is what I believe is the word that the Lord gave me. And um, we can go and put it up on the screen. This is the word that the Lord gave me. He said, launch. Somebody say launch. launch. This is what I believe the Lord is speaking to our church. You know, in 2023, uh, the beginning of the year, if you were here in 2023, the word of the Lord for our church was waiting, soaring, and running. And you know what we did? We waited on the Lord to go to two services. We filled the place, our church out, and we couldn't, we pushed it past the limits we were supposed, what most church, what all church growth experts would tell you, we pushed it way past those limits and we waited on the Lord to give us the confirmation. Pastor Robert then prophesied over our church family that I sense a doubling. And it was in that moment where we felt peace in our spirit and we launched two services. We waited on the Lord and then we began to soar through the two services. And now we are running, but now the Lord is sending us into another phase, I believe. And that's a launching. And I don't believe this is as much or just for I say corporate, I really believe that this word is personally for you, the personal believer this morning, that the Lord is bringing you into a new launching season. Now that looks different for different people. And then you're going to be able to, as you hear the message and as I prophesy and preach today, you're going to begin to sense and see areas of your life where the Lord has been uh, preparing you for a launch phase that you're going into. But I really feel like this is the word of the Lord this morning. So I hope you came with expectation this morning. Listen, you need expectation. If you want to hear the voice of the Lord clearly, you need to expect to hear his voice. 
If you come in because, well, it's just the thing to do and I'm here to punch my card and say I went to church and I get out of hell free, this is not the game of Monopoly, okay? You're not going around the board again to land on get hell free. No, what, what, get out of hell free. What we're doing this morning is we come together to expect what God wants to speak to us personally, okay? And if you come with deaf ears, guess what? You're not going to hear anything. You're going to hear me speak and that's going to be it. But let me just tell you, for those that have ears to hear, let them hear even as Jesus said, because there is more in my words than the words that I'm saying. With, for people that come to church with expectation and faith in their hearts for the Holy Spirit to speak to them, you will hear things that I never even said, but that, that go along with your life because the Holy Spirit is illuminating something that was said that touches and pricks your heart and goes, oh, that is what I'm speaking to you. And the Lord begins to just illuminate things and speak more and deeper to you. So coming with expectation takes the word to a whole nother level. Let me just launch you into expectation this morning. We'll start right here. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you in this new year. You need to launch your expectation whenever you come to church. Don't come to church like dead on a doornail, but come to church already lit up. Don't wait for the first note to be played on the keys or for the guitar to strum or the drums to play. Go ahead and come. I'm built up. I got faith this morning. I know God wants to speak to me. I know God wants to do something. I know that God wants to move something. I know that God wants to break through. I got a faith this morning and it's launching me to where I'm going you come to church like this you're gonna leave church like this I tell you when I come to the house Lord okay y'all y'all already know me most of y'all I'm real very real this morning Pastor Chelsea and I, we, we went away this past weekend, got a uh, Thursday and Friday. We drove, went to uh, Atlanta area and just hung out for a couple days, just us for re- to reconnect as this new year was starting up. Sent the kiddos, they were with mom and dad this morning over in Panama City. <clears throat> and um, then yesterday, we had the great privilege of going to OWA with our middle school youth. Ben and Kayla took them to uh, OWA over in Foley, Alabama. It was a great time. The kids had a blast, and Ben and Kayla do a phenomenal job with them. Can we honor Ben and Kayla real quickly? Amen. They're doing awesome with our youth. Um, but had a fun time, and then we got back. We left before they did. They, stayed, they partied late. I was, we were like, listen, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was sitting on the couch last night with Pastor Chelsea. We were watching a show. It was, it was 6.15. And I, they were still riding rides. If she was in the room, she'd be my witness because we're the only ones there. But and Lord knows. I looked at her and I said, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> we stayed up for a little bit longer and ended up going to bed on about 9 o'clock or something. Uh, then 6 o'clock alarm came. And it felt like it was 3 a.m. still in the morning. And, and she, I, I put my arm over, because men, in case you don't know, I'm going to teach you something this morning, help your marriage, help for your marriage in 2024. Here it is. Don't touch your phone first, touch your wife first. I bless you with that. It'll help you. I reached over, I put my arm around her. Alexa starts beeping again at me. I said, Alexa, snooze. <laughs> We're so lazy, we don't have to touch it anymore. I said, snooze. <laughs> I said, after that, I said, I'm going to planning center and I'm uh, declining my service today. Now, for anybody who serves, we use something called planning center. And uh, you, have to, you can decline whether you want to come to church today and serve your church family or not. And I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to decline today because I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm going to be real honest. I got here and on the way, I'm listening to worship music. I'm charging my expectation. I'm building up all the faith that I can muster. I said, Lord, speak through me and speak to me today. Got here and everything that could not work properly this morning did not work properly. When I say Sound issues, issues in the kids' church area, issues, it was like everywhere you went, there was something that wasn't working correctly. And I'm like, 
For me, I'm a guy, I want everything to be working properly. That's going to help me flourish. And I am going against all odds this morning. I already don't want to be here at this point, and, but, I'm, but I'm reminding myself that, that, that I should have joy when I go to the house of the Lord. That doesn't mean that you're not going to face things, and it doesn't mean you're not going to have times you're going to wake up. Next Sunday, you may wake up because it's a three-day weekend, and you may go, I don't want to go to church. It's a three-day weekend. I'm going to chill today. Let, let me just encourage you. Get your butt up out of bed anyways. Like, I'm going to say it like your daddy should, Okay. Get your butt up and get to church. You need it. You need the community. You need the people. Yeah, you need Jesus. Absolutely. You can find Jesus anywhere, but I'm telling you, you can find Jesus in the people of the community of Christ. That's where you can find Jesus the best is whenever you're surrounded by the community of Christ. But I I was sorry why I was saying that, but it was good. But, oh, yes. It wasn't sunshine and roses this morning when I woke up and just like, man, I'm going to church. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm so excited. This morning, I was not feeling it. I wasn't. But whenever faith and expectancy, whenever you don't let your situation outweigh your expectancy is whenever things begin to shift and change in your heart. You make that decision. I'm going I'm I'm to enlighten you real quickly. The situation does not choose for you If you let the situation choose for you, you think that the situation has greater power than the faith that's living within you. And faith should always have more power than situationship, than situations that are going on. Your faith should be stronger. And we're going to talk about that some this morning. Now, in November, uh, Pastor Joshua came, lead pastor of our High Praise Panama City campus. He came and he preached an incredible word uh, in that November, uh, uh, the Sunday in November, and he was preaching. And as he was preaching, I remember sitting on the front row and the Lord saying, shatter the ceiling. And I'm thinking, what in the world does shatter the ceiling mean? Thanks, God. This has nothing to, by the way, had nothing to do with what Joshua was preaching on. It was just Holy Spirit said, shatter the ceiling. He's like, what? God, what are you talking about? And I begin to sit there and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm listening to the word, but also saying, God, what are you speaking? And then next thing I know, Pastor Joshua prophesies as the second service. He prophesies over Pastor Chelsea and I and the church body. And he said, I see like a spaceship getting ready to launch and to take off. And I, and I felt that in my spirit and I began to cry. And I remember in that moment knowing that there was like a rocket ship that was stuck and it needed to shatter through the glass ceiling to launch to where God's calling them to be. And, where, and I believe that's the word for us today, is that God is launching us and he's shattering the ceiling so that we can go forth and do everything he's called us to do. So I came to prophetically declare to you that in 2024, the ceiling that has held you captive and the thing that has held you back and the concern you had in believing for anything that, was being, that, is, that is big and is unimaginable is being shattered in this moment. I believe that this is a year that the ceiling can be shattered and you can launch into what God has called you to do and what he wants for your life. Amen. Will you turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter three? That was just the open y'all. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. It says this, and now to him who is able to do how much more immeasurably, somebody say immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Let me read that again. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Where is the power at work at? It is at work within you. What you need to realize this morning is that Paul is writing this. He is the author. He's penning this in this moment. And you want to know where he's penning it from? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all thinking he's just like sitting by the side of the road, just like Shakespeare writing a novel or something, just, oh, to him who, is a, who can do immeasurably more. No, he's in prison. The man's in prison. Think about this. Get this in your head. This man is in a place where miracles don't make sense. This man is in a place where miracles shouldn't even happen. 
captivity, locked up, won't let him out. <laughs> locked up, won't let Anyways. Locked up in a place where miracles wouldn't make sense, but writing about now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all. Somebody say all. all. How much? All. all. We can ask or imagine according to his power that has worked within us. Let me just once again declare over your life that God can do more than what you think he can do. God can do more where you're at than what you think he can do. God can make a miracle in your mess. God can make a miracle whenever you're still locked up. God can turn things around when everything looks bad. God can rewrite the script when you think it's already been penned. God can do things that you can't even think up, dare, or imagine. Anybody ever read the story of Job? You want to hear what Job said in the midst of his mess? Job said it like this. Job 5.9. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. If you know the story of Job, then you know people were probably thinking, this man is crazy to be declaring that he can perform wonders that can't be, miracles that cannot, you're going through hell and back and then back to hell and back and then back to hell and back and you are sitting here saying, God does miracles. <laughs> Job did not allow his heart to grow sick because of dashed hope. Paul did not allow himself to become heart sick because what he was believing for didn't take place. They continued to declare that this is who my God is. A few weeks ago in service, I prophesied, I prophesied and I really felt like the Lord was healing heart sickness. And then I declared this scripture in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, we can say it like this, when the miracle comes, When the prayer that you've been praying for gets answered, when the thing that you've been believing for takes place or you begin to see it take place, it says that it is a tree of life. I feel that there's many in this room that have felt like you've been locked in a glass room. And I actually saw this when I was preparing the sermon. I saw people literally like in little glass rooms. Anybody... I believe it was the newest Spider-Verse movie where they are, anybody know what I'm talking about in the scene, where they're literally like locked up in like cages that they can see through fully though. And that's what I saw. I saw a vision of this where people were literally locked up in like glass cages but could see fully through it but couldn't get through it but were trying to break free. You're all like, I want to break free. I want to. Anyways, you're trying to break free but you couldn't. And I feel like this word that I'm bringing to you is going to be help and propel you break free and shatter the ceiling. Amen. Amen. So whenever I saw this vision, um, because the prophetic's not weird, we make it weird. And a lot of people have made it weird. And I'm sorry, I apologize that there are prophetic people that are weird. We are not weird. Okay. I'm not, I'm not weird. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I am. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> Something like, he's kind of weird. <laughs> Whenever we come into a new year, a lot of people are looking for every prophetic word. Every prophetic word they can find. And let me just let you in on something. If you're not careful, you will find prophetic words that contradict the prophetic word, that contradict the prophetic word, because there's a lot of people talking and a lot of people giving prophetic words, Okay. I believe the best prophetic word that we can receive as believers is the prophetic word that comes forth to the local community of believers we are associated and planted with, okay? I believe that's the best prophetic word that you can receive when it comes to a new year and you're asking the Lord for a, new, a word for your family and for your life and maybe you're coming up, you're not hearing what it is for you. I believe that you need to listen to the community that you are planted in and that is the word for your family, okay? And I believe that this word is part for your family. But I saw, like once again, families that were locked in glass boxes and I begin to ask the Lord, Lord, 
what is the glass representative of? Because when the Lord, when the Lord speaks to me, there's people who hear, there are people who sense, there are people who see, there's different ways of the prophetic. I typically, as I've mentioned numerous times, I see, I have visions, and then I begin to inquire of the Lord. Lord, what are you speaking? What are you saying? What does this mean? So I said, Lord, what does the glass mean? What does the glass represent? And I believe that the glass is representative of the deception of the enemy. That's what I believe that has been holding many of you captive is actually just a spirit of deception. Now, what is deception? I'm going to explain it to you real quickly. This is the actual... Uh, definition of deception. It is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. It is the act of hiding the truth, especially to gain or get an advantage. This has the enemy written all over it because the enemy wants to hide the truth of the word of God from you. He will let you see just enough of it, but hide the real truth of it just to get an advantage in your life, just to get an advantage in your marriage, just to get an advantage in your mind, just to get an advantage, literally just to get a foothold, which the Bible says, do not give the enemy a foothold. And this is what the enemy tries to do. He just tries to get a foothold in your life. And let me just let you know this. Whatever you, whenever you allow the enemy to create a, to, to place a foothold in your life, he will take and then build a stronghold. And many of times that's been us. We've let the enemy come in and put a foot, just put the foot in the door of our life. And then while, while he's got his foot there, he's got things building all around you and it's deception and lies of the enemy. And so many of us have bit into the lie that, the, that, that God can't heal us. That, that God can't heal my marriage. Let me just ask you this real quickly. Who said he can't do it? I want you to ask yourself. When you think about all the promises of God over your life, when you think about your future and what you believe, you've heard the Lord speak over your life, when you think about your family, when you think about your kids, when you think about your marriage, when you think about your finances, when you think about all these things and you know that the Lord has spoken a word over them, what or who is it that told you that he can't do that? And once you figure out what that is or who that is, I'm gonna let you, real, I'm gonna let you in on something, okay? Many of us may not like this, but the truth is, of the matter is this, if we believe what that person said or who the, what those people said over what, we, what the word of God has already said over our situation, we believe that the person has more, and we give the person more power in our life than what we give God in that area of our life. Where, who are you giving the power to? Are you giving the power to God and saying, God, you can do this? Or are you going, Johnny Bob said there's no way that I'll ever amount to a hill of beans. I don't know who Johnny Bob is, okay? Yeah. If you take the word of Johnny Bob and you go off with that, and you had a prophetic word come over your life that you were going to succeed. You're going to accomplish the will of God. Everything that the Lord has spoke over your life, you're going to see it come to pass. When you get that prophetic promise, the Bible says to war a good warfare with the words that come over your life. You want to know why you need it? the Bible admonishes us in that? Because he realizes there's going to be voices of deception that try to come and steer you off course. So when Johnny Bob comes along and says you will never amount to anything, you're never going to be able to see, succeed. No, you're too dumb to do that. No, you will never get to that here. No, you'll never be able to do that. I want you to realize and think, who do I believe? There's an old song back in the day. And anybody ever heard of Ron Cannoli? Anybody? I grew up on Ron Cannoli. My dad listened to Ron Cannoli all the time. There's a song we used to sing and do. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe. Them. See who knows it. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe. Yeah, we sing that song all the time. I, listen, I, I know it. Man, I know all the Ron Cannoli jams, okay? Uh, but th there comes a time where you have to make a decision in your heart. This year, whose report will I believe? This year, which word will I believe? 
Will I believe the naysayers and the doubters and the ones that are saying you'll never be able to do it? And will I believe the people that are saying your marriage can never be healed? Am I, am I going to take and begin to believe the people that say, oh, your kid's already going off course, they'll never serve the Lord? Will I believe the people that say, no, there's no way you'll be blessed because you're not living, uh, you're living already in poverty, so there's no way that the Lord can bring blessing into your life? Or will you believe the report that says that he will, he will provide for you? Will you believe that he is the God who instituted marriage and wants your marriage healed? Will you believe, or will you believe that God is close to your children, that they can hear their voice and they don't have to follow a stranger's voice, but they can follow him all the days of life. Which report will you decide to believe? You need to ask yourself, what made you believe that he can't do it? Was it just a situation that took place? Situation didn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen, so now, you know, God, he must just not be in it. He must not be able to do anything now. We'll talk about that in just a moment because I believe we find ourselves there. What made you think for a moment that he can't help heal your marriage? What made you think for a moment that he doesn't want you to help you overcome sin? What made you believe and who told you that your kids won't grow up to serve the Lord? Who told you that the Lord doesn't want you to be blessed? Who told you that God doesn't do miracles? What is it that makes you disbelieve that God can do impossible things? And I, that is a rhetorical question, but it is also a question you need to ask yourself. What is it that makes me believe or disbelieve that God can't do the impossible? At the end of the day, though, no matter how it's manifesting itself, it is deception of the enemy. And the enemy is using it to try to gain an advantage in your life. If he can make you believe you can't be free, that God can't restore, that God can't heal, that God doesn't love you because you've done too much, if he can get you to believe that, he has an advantage in your life. And I'm here to help shift the advantage bar in your favor. Anybody ever played Madden? Madden football game? Anybody? Yeah? Okay. A couple of us in the room. Now I'm gonna, I, sp I spoke to the Ron Canoli generation. Let me preach to the PS5 generation for a moment. I'm, I'm so thankful for my dad's wisdom and... Uh, and uh, knowledge and sitting under his ministry for so many years because I get to connect with the older generation a little bit easier because I can bring up Ron Cannoli and people like that and the Hee Haw song. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Gloom, despair. Yeah, my dad used to talk about it all the time. I can do that. But I can also bring it now to our generation and a, a younger generation with Madden. Let me put it in this way for you guys that are in the room that ever played Madden. And this goes across the board in just football in general, um, which if you want to talk about Florida State, Georgia, we'll talk after lunch, okay? Because I'm going to need to pray before I talk to you because it wasn't the same Florida State team, just so you knew. Yes, they still deserve to be in the Final Four, even though they didn't have Jordan Travis, but we'll talk about it later. But anyways, <laughs> and Bama lost. Yes, okay. <laughs> Go blue. <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to talk about this now. In Madden, Whenever you play ma uh, the, that game, uh, there is a, like an advantage meter. And, it, and what happens is um, if your team is doing really bad, <laughs> the advantage bar goes to start slowly going to the other team. And literally what happens is it like gives your quarterback anxiety. Like he can't, he can't make the reads anymore. They're all squiggly lines. You can't figure out your routes any longer. There's so many, your screen starts shaking and all this kind of, is wild, okay? But then if you start doing well and start gaining ground, the advantage meter clicks back over to your side and now everything that you were experiencing, now your opponent is experiencing. And I came today to help you flip the script on the enemy in your life. To help you came, uh, help you come, I've come today to help you, good Lord. I've come today to help you get an advantage back in your favor today and overcome the enemy and listen and realize his tactics, his, his schemes and all these things and overcome, amen? Amen. I'm, I'm getting so excited. I can't speak right. Because <laughs> the enemy wants to use those things to create an advantage, though. Because the enemy is cunning, he's secretive, and he's enticing to our flesh. That's a big thing. Yeah. He's enticing to your flesh. 
One of the ways I believe that the enemy is using deception, before I get too far into this point, I'm going to balance this, okay? But I'm also going to say this. One of the ways that the enemy uses deception is the enemy wants us to explain away what we can't explain. This is huge, okay? The enemy wants to try to get you to explain away and explain everything that you can't fully explain. In 2020, primarily we saw this. There was a thing, a hot topic that was around at that time. And I don't want to talk too much about this this morning, but there was this thing called deconstruction. Anybody heard of deconstruction? Deconstructing your faith, okay? In deconstruction, what people began to do is they had to have an explanation for every single thing that happens. And every single thing in our faith has to have an exact explanation. And if it doesn't, if I can't explain it perfectly, then we just got to just forget it, get rid of it, or we're missing it. Let me just be honest with you. There were some things that came from deconstruction that were very good. There were some things that came from deconstruction where people reconstructed properly. They didn't leave the house deconstructed. They reconstructed with proper and better um, um, materials, and they went back to the scripture and found the true heart of God and reconstructed faith with a true heart of God. And I'm thankful for the people that stuck the course and did that. However, there are many people that in their deconstruction process, they lost their faith, and they went away from God, and they went way far away from God because there was things that they didn't understand and they couldn't explain, so instead they just walked away. And let me just tell you, if you know every single thing, then it's not faith at all. Come on, come on, exactly right. I know in your human controlling nature, you want to know every single thing. You want to know, you want to know what crosses every T and dots every I. But I hate to break it to you. You're not. <laughs> it's not faith at all if you know everything. Faith calls you to believe in things you don't always fully understand. How I, sometimes I don't fully understand. How in the world can a man come in, 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 into the world through a virgin named Mary? How in the world can that actually take place? How in the world... Did Jesus take on our sin and our shame? I know, and I've read the scripture, and I get it, but I don't actually understand the fullness and totality of how in the world did he take on sin that hadn't even happened yet? Go to the cross. How did a man die dead, dead for three days in a grave? And then all of a sudden, like weekend at Bernie's, he came out like this. He came out of the grave. How? <laughs> I don't fully understand everything, but I believe everything. I don't have to under come on some I don't have to know everything, but I believe everything. I don't have to know how he's going to heal my marriage, but I believe he's going to heal my marriage. I don't have to know how he's going to help keep, oh, some of y'all need to hear this for your kids. I don't know how in this day and age that we live in, how he's going to keep my kids and help keep me, help me keep my kids on the straight and narrow. But I do believe that there is a way that he'll give me a divine power to teach and train them and raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I don't know how in the world he's going to reach some people, but I believe that he can turn hearts to the Father once again. I don't know how in the world he's going to deliver a mind from anxiety, but I do believe that he can do it. I don't know how in the world he can spit in some dirt and make a miracle in somebody's eyes, but I believe that God can do it. Some of y'all just need to get your belief back. Some of y'all just need to get your belief back. You've been explaining away everything you can't explain, and you're getting further and further and further from the truth. You're getting further and further and further from who God says he is, and you're getting further and further and further away from what he has for you because you're trying to explain everything. 
Stop it. Oftentimes we just feel we always have to have an answer. One of the first times you see deception in the Bible, really the first time you see deception used in the Bible, you already know what story I'm about to go to. There's a woman. Her name is Eve. She's in a garden, and there's a tree. It's like a country song. There's a woman in the garden, and she's looking at a tree, trying to figure out, is that for me? <laughs> should I eat it or should I not? Adam, what's your thought? He said, eat it. Here I go. Oh, I'm eating up the tree. Oh, okay, I gotta stop. <laughs> We're having fun this morning. <laughs> I don't even like country, but proof I can write country songs. <laughs> Brad, we need to work on that, okay? <laughs> There's a woman, though, named Eve. She's at the tree. What, what was the tree represent, representative of? It was the knowledge of good and evil. And she didn't know. Only thing she knew was that if she ate that, and this is what the enemy did, if you eat this, you will become like God. You will know all the wonders and mysteries. You will know every, you will have answers to everything if you just eat this. If you just get into this knowledge, you, come on, just keep, let me, help, let me help you explain away what you can't explain. This is the way the enemy works, is oftentimes he says, come on, if you just come a little closer to me, I'll be able to tell you really what's going on. If you just come a little closer, that, that God guy, he's keeping you in the shadows a little bit. He's not, he's not relaying everything. I, I know, I, I, I can tell you, this is the way the enemy works. It's deception. Let me just say it like this. Always searching for answers can lead you to enticing deception. Paul says like this, and we already read this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or what? Imagine, okay? That means you're not going to know everything, <laughs> Or maybe we can, there's, now before I even read the scripture, I'm going to give this balance real quickly. Many of us have used this scripture to be lazy believers. And if we don't understand something, we just go, oop, I don't know. And we live like ostriches with our head in the sand. There is a balance of knowing and being a faithful steward and faithful student of the word. And then getting into a realm that is just like, I don't know, I don't care. There's a balance, okay? But many of us have used this scripture in Isaiah 55, 8, and 9 to be lazy. But let me encourage you, it's not, this is not for laziness. This is just, there's some things in our faith we are not going to fully understand. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This means this, that we aren't always going to be able to explain how he is going to break through, but I know that he will. Amen? But I really feel like the Lord is wanting to break off common deception off of people's life, where deception has become common to you and locked you in this glass room uh, to where you can't get out. You're like Ron Burgundy in the telephone booth. I'm in a glass case of emotions. You're in that place where you just can't break free. You can't get out. I believe the Lord is wanting to shatter deception in your life. So I'm going to pray over it right now. We're going to do it right here in the middle of this message. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you right now for illuminating this. Lord, I thank you that deception is broken off of your people now by the power of the name of Jesus. I come against every lie, everything that's been said to make them question you, being question your miracle working power, to, to bring into question whether or not you want to heal our marriage and, and keep our family on the road of life, to question whether you want to bless us or you want to do 
do miracles within our lives. Lord, I thank you and I break off every spirit of deception, anything that's made them uh, become more into the lie of the enemy, anything that has taken them off course, anything, anywhere that the enemy's tried to gain advantage and and gain ground. We break its power now in the name of Jesus and we thank you that you've illuminated this for us today so that we can break out of deception and go into what you called us to do in Jesus' name. Give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. If you will, just give me a couple more minutes. I am coming to a close this morning. Just stay with me for a few more minutes. One way to to really shatter deception when you leave from this place is this. Begin to declare the word. Begin to declare the word. Listen to me. Isaiah speaks, in, in the book of Isaiah, it says that the voice of the Lord shatters the enemy. Amen? So whenever you declare the word of the Lord, the voice of the enemy is shattered. The strongholds of the enemy is shattered. The things that the enemy's tried to build in your life, it is shattered. When you speak the word, it shatters deception. You find in the Bible, whenever Jesus is faced with temptation, what does he do? He speaks the word and he finds freedom and deliverance from those things. When there is nothing but an empty void, God speaks the word and creates. Let me just declare to you this morning, declare the truth in the midst of deception. Amen. Declare the truth in the midst of deception. If you believe the Lord can't do it, then you are facing deception. You overcome deception by declaring the truth of the word over every situation. Marriage problems doesn't mean you don't serve the God that instituted family and wants it to succeed. A diagnosis doesn't mean you don't serve a God who took stripes upon his back for your healing. Fear and anxiety creeping in doesn't mean you don't serve the Prince of Peace. A sinful past doesn't mean you don't serve the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, 10th chances, 20th chances. You serve that God who can redeem you and redeem time and equip you for every good work. I'm gonna say that again over somebody's heart today. You serve a God who can redeem you, redeem time and equip you for every good work. Where you've thought you've wasted time, listen, we serve a God who restores time. Where you thought you've wasted and you've sown outside of where you were supposed to, Listen, we serve a God who restores that and equips you in a moment. God can equip you with the weaponry. God can equip you with a word. God can fill your heart with the things to speak. God can equip you with with the tools that you need to do every good work that he's called you to do. That is the God that you serve. Amen. This is the last thing I want to talk about this morning is this. I heard after this, whenever he was talking about launching and he's talking about breaking deception, I heard the Lord say that I'm bringing you into a season of acceleration. Just as there is a liftoff with a spaceship as it's about to take off, I feel like the Lord is beginning to accelerate things in your life. And I felt the Lord saying it's time for liftoff and acceleration is happening. Now, some of the things that you've been believing for and asking the Lord to do this year, he's going to help you accelerate towards. Now, this is where I'm going to mess with your mind a little bit. Because I believe that many of us Whenever we hear acceleration, the first thing that we pops into our mind means, oh, I'm about to do, 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 and I'm going to be working really hard. I'm about to be doing a whole lot. <clears throat> what I felt the Lord bring to my heart was this. Acceleration starts where you allow God to help your unbelief. That is where acceleration begins. It starts when you ask the Lord to help your unbelief. In Mark 9, we see this story where Jesus just returns um, from uh, the Mount of Transfiguration and he sees his disciples, or he comes actually up on an argument that's happening, and his disciples are trying to cast a demon out of a boy. And it says that that the disciples were unsuccessful. Let me encourage you with this real quickly. Just because you don't have what you've been believing for doesn't mean that you don't have faith for what you're believing for. You got to think about this. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that you're far off from God because you haven't seen the fullness of his promise yet. Think about this. We're talking about the disciples, the men and families that walked with Jesus, saw all the miracles that he did. I would venture to guess right now if in this room, somebody 
came in in a wheelchair and we prayed over them and they hopped up out of that wheelchair, your faith would soar, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then somebody right behind them comes in and they're missing a limb and we pray over it and their limb grows out. Somebody walks in the room and, and they're blind and we pray over them and then that person is healed. We start actually seeing some of the miracles that Jesus did whenever he was walking there. Your faith would begin to soar. You gotta think, these 12 men were walking with Jesus and saw things like that. No, it was normal. But whenever they went to go cast the demon out of the boy, it was a failed attempt. So I, I bring that to your attention just to let you know this. Just because you aren't seeing the miracles that you thought you should see yet does not mean you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't mean you're far off from Jesus or too far from Jesus, but it does mean it's time to ask the Lord to help you again. So what happens next is the, the, the dad runs to Jesus and says, hey, help me overcome my unbelief. Upon hearing this, Jesus speaks and casts the demon out of the boy. And in verse, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, in the CEV translation, I like the way it said this. It said it like this. I do have faith. Please help me to have even more. And then Jesus is pleased with this response and heals the boy. What am I saying? I believe that acceleration is going to begin where you realize where you're weak. The places that you need strength. The places that you need faith. And I'm going to pray over this in just a moment too. But before I pray, I want you to do a personal exercise even as I'm speaking. And for many of us in this room, this is difficult. Because it's hard to admit where we're weak. Anybody just love to admit your blind spots? Anybody just love to admit where you're weak? Anybody love, to po- love it when someone points out your weak spots? No. Nobody. You don't even like it when you do it yourself. And you know that it's a weak spot. So we often avoid that topic of conversation altogether. But I'm asking us as a church and as people of God to embrace that question today. Lord, where are my weak spots? Where am I weak at? Where do I need more faith? Where do I need your help? Where do I need you even more than what I have you now? It's not just a, oh yeah, God, I need you. Oftentimes, we say that in such a universal way that like, we don't even know what that means. Like You're like, yes, Lord, I need you, but where do you need him? Where in your life do you need him? Do you need him as your comforter? Do you need him as your deliverance? Do you need him to help put a guard over your mouth so you don't speak that way to your spouse again? Do you need him to be one that brings a calmness in your heart so whenever you're dealing with the frustrations of your children that you can deal with them in the way that God would deal with them? Where is it that you need God to be strong in your life and help you? Because the Bible says it like this, that his grace or his strength is made perfect or made strong, where? In our weakness. In our weakness, his grace is made, strength, is made strong. So we've got to actually realize where those areas are. Ms. Donna, will you come play? The areas where we've had unbelief, the Lord is saying, bring it to me and let me fill you with a new faith. So I want to pray over this this morning as well. We're going to pray for a new faith. And as I've been speaking, I pray that you've thought of some areas or at least an area of your life, because I believe everybody in this room probably has at least one area that we have, that we're weak in. If you're not, I sure am glad you're perfect. Please teach us your ways. I will gladly give you the microphone every Sunday. There's areas in my life I'm weak. I know I've got weak faith in some areas. I know I've got some weak spots. I know the areas where I need God more. And I pray that you do. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this moment. It's a holy moment. Where we bring to you our unbelief, our weak spots. 
Even as the man did, as he came to Jesus, to the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, help me with my unbelief. We bring our weaknesses today. We bring our unbelief, our areas where we're struggling. And we say, God, help us. Be our strength. Fill us with new faith today. Be our power. Be our grace today. Strengthen us and empower us to do what you've called us to do. Let us have new faith to accelerate. This is the moment. This is the season. This is the time where we bring these things to you and we know that you're bringing us into this season of acceleration. I just, I just sense like it is even with thrusters before it takes off on a spaceship, they're passive in that moment. They're weak. But then there's a power that kicks in for acceleration. They were once weak, but then those things are strong. Today, that's what's happening in the spirit. I sense this. The Lord's doing is whenever you're bringing your weakness, he's accelerating. He's starting the boosters, for lack of better words. And the acceleration is beginning to take place. So Father, we thank you for that now. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' mighty name, will you have got a hand clap of praise? Amen. Now, we're going to come back next week. I'm going to finish the rest of this message. We're going to talk about a season of tension and getting rid of weight. And I believe it's going to be powerful for you. But I don't want you to leave this building today without really taking hold of this word and letting it begin to change your year. Don't let this word just be another word you heard. Oh, good word, pastor. Let this be a word that was prophetic. This was a prophetic message. Let it be something that changes you, begins to bring change into your life. If you want to launch into what God is doing, then you've got to begin to do these things. You've got to begin to see the deception of the enemy and bring to the Lord your weaknesses. Will you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray over us one more time before we release today. At this time, I'm going to ask my ministry teams to come forward. If you need any extra ministry today, these ministry teams are here for you to pray pray with you, pray over you, pray the prayer of faith with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, you say, today, pastor, I need to rededicate my heart at the beginning of this year. I need to get my my heart and my life right with the Lord. If that's you, they'd love to pray over you, lead you in that prayer this morning. Let's pray one more time, church. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for today. This is the day you've made. We rejoice and we're glad about it. We thank you for this word. It's been a Holy Spirit word that you've prophesied over us. You've brought exhortation and comfort to us today, edification to us. You've uplifted and encouraged us this morning. Father, I thank you we go forth from this place changed and charged. I thank you, Lord, that this is a year of launching, that we're going to launch into destiny. We're going to launch into purpose. We're going to launch into healing. We're going to launch into restoration. We're going to launch into everything that you have for us, God. So Holy Spirit, we thank you today. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I declare over our people today. Lord, I declare Psalm 91 over them. A thousand may fall at their side, 10,000 at their right hand, but no evil thing will come near their dwelling. I declare they are blessed and highly favored of the Lord as they go from this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Will you have got one more hand clap of praise today? Hallelujah.